Good morning, everybody. Today, Pesach Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Dalet in Maseches Yevamos. Uh, but we're on the first wide line on Chaf Gimel Ahmed Bays. Let me catch you up. Barry was in Deal, New Jersey. Don't say the joke, Andrew. Uh, there was a situation of Suffolk. A man married twins, or married any two sisters, really, just that after the marriage, as Rashi points out, he could not, for the life of him, tell which one was the one he married. That created a situation of suffolk with high stakes because if he, continue, he can't live with either women now because if the woman is not his wife, it's his wife's sister, which is an Isser Kares. So it's a real problem. So what does he do, says the Mishnah? He has to give a get to both of them. He must divorce both of them. What if, let's just turn, and then the Mishnah just turns up the heat with the cases. What if said person, said man, did not marry two sisters, but felt, so to speak, uh, they felt to him as Yavamas. How so? Well, only one of them was the Yavama, but the situation is simple. Ruvain marries two sisters, does not give them a get, and dies childless, right? So before, so now, in other words, he marries two sisters, Ruvain does, does not remember which one he married. When he married them, he knew who it was, but now he doesn't remember which one he married. So, as the Mishnah says, what he would have to do would be to give both of them a get, but before he gets a chance to do that, he gets run over by a truck, child, and he's childless. So now, Shimon has to pick up the pieces, but he doesn't know which woman to pick up the pieces with. He doesn't know who to do Yibuman because there was a state of suffix that everyone has. Nobody knows which is the sister. So, what does he do? As a Yavam, it's the exact same case, essentially, except for the Yavam equivalent of giving both women a get is a Chalitza, right? You give them a Chalitza, okay. And then the Chiddush is, if, happens to be, what if uh, Ruvain um, leaves two brothers, okay, then the ideal thing to do, if Ruvain leaves over two brothers, is for now, one of the brothers to do chalitza and the other brother to do yibum. Why does that work? Because, and it has to be in that order. And we've already discussed this in previous Dapim, um, and we'll explain why in the Gemara today. But if the first brother does chalitza, so watch this, it's a mimanafshach. If the original, if the woman, the sister that he did chalitza on is the yavama, so then, good, he did a chalitza, he now dissolved the zika, right, the connection that both brothers had with these uh, sisters. If he does the Zika, if he does the Chalitza, the next brother could just marry the other sister with no problem whatsoever. Two brothers are allowed to marry two sisters. That's not a problem. And therefore, there is no problem with marrying the second sister. That's if the first brother did Chalitza on the actual Yavama. But again, there's a state of suffix. So if it turns out that the first brother uh, does Chalitza on the woman that was the Yavama's sister, right? Again, they're in a state of suffix. So no harm, no foul. You're allowed to spit in anyone's shoe. It's not going to be right? It's not going to uh, hurt anyone. But the problem is you have a leftover Yavama that was untended to. Well, guess what? The second brother is doing Yibum on the Yavama. That's a good thing. And therefore, the second brother can always do Yibum. All right. Now, as the Gemara will say, it can't be in the other order, uh, which is that the first brother does Yibum, because as we've discussed before, and the Gemara will reiterate, there's one of two problems, as we saw in the earlier Gemaras. One problem might be that there is a, a Zika on both of them, meaning 
you can't just jump and do Yibam because you have brothers, as we'll see. This was the, this is really more the Mishnah that will appear on Chaf Vav and has already been discussed. But the bottom line is, it's if you do the Yibam first, so then obviously, again, if the first woman was not the woman you're supposed to do Yibam on, so then it's possible that the person that, that the woman that was supposed to actually get Yibam will get left out, right? If the second brother doesn't step up. So Chalitza is really, in essence, the ideal because it's like giving a get. Chalitza enables, and mind you, just like if you only have one guy who married a woman of Suffolk and he has to give two gitin, it's also true that one yavam, so to speak, one potential yavam of a Suffolk woman can give two chalitzas, right? He give chalitzas to women. So halachically, if you go to Rabbi Rose and you ask a halachic shayla, he'll tell you just give chalitza because he's going to want it to be clean, right? You've got a firm guy, he's coming up, he's trying to do the right thing. Let's just make sure that both women are taken care of. Yibum already requires a ceremony. Now you have to hire Jeffrey Retches and Fischl and, right, Nussie Gross, and you have to make sure that the hall is, is booked and that everybody's invited and you're gonna have a ceremony. Who knows what's going to happen between now and then, right? It's just cleaner to, to let's do a chalitza right away and make sure these women are taken care of because anything bad can happen along the way and we don't want there to be any mishaps, okay? So that's why it is preferable to do the chalitza and the chiddush of the Mishnah is that, sure enough, once you've done the chalitza, you could do yibum, and the second brother can do yibum for the reason that we just explained. Last point in the Mishnah before we uh, move on to the Gemara is that if both brothers happen to have stepped forward and said, you know what, we've always wanted to have a joint wedding, call official Nasi and, and Jeffrey, get it together, and we're going to have this beautiful Instagram, you know, double, uh, you know, Wonder Twins wedding, and we'll marry both women simultaneously. So the truth of the matter is one of them is marrying an Achos Yevama, an Achos Kukal He should not be doing that, Andrew. That is weird behavior. But Chazal, as the Mishnah says, allowed it. The reason they allowed it is because at the Chuppah itself, somebody's doing, one of these guys is by definition doing an Isser, albeit Pesafik, we don't know which one it is. But by the Sheva Brachos already, one of them was Miyabim, the real Yevama. And therefore, the second one, it, retroactively, the Zika falls off, and the second one isn't really doing any Avera anymore. We allow that to retroactively take effect, in which case we say that the halacha is that if both of them uh, get married at the same time and do yibums, and we're using the terms yibum and marriage, right, interchangeably, if they get married at the same time, Ain Motsian, right? We're going to let those marriages continue because nobody's continuing to live in sin here. The Yibum has been taken care of and two brothers certainly could marry two sisters if they wanted to. So that is a summary of the Mishnah. The only thing that happens afterwards in the Mishnah and will be the top, uh, is that the cases get out of hand, Andrew. Uh, but this is an NPR day, no puppets required. Reason being, the, the way it gets out of hand is you have multiple brothers marrying multiple, well, multiple guys marrying multiple sisters, and then they all have to marry each other. But the principles remain exactly the same as we just described. Namely, that we do chalitza to both, or if there's two surviving brothers, then the first does chalitza and the second does yibum. And if you do both do yibum, then you don't have to write en motzin or so. We'll see. The mission, if we ever get to Chavdalim Bays today, uh, cases where we are Motsi, 
uh, right, other totally different cases where you do have to dissolve the marriage. But in this particular case of the suffix, you do not, right? The suffix Yubama, you do not. And then the Gemara will have to ask, why are we just blowing this out of proportion and introducing confusion to the cases? So I'll just give it away right now and I'll say, the reason we're doing it is because once the cases get out of hand and you have a very confusing case, the Chiddush is that we still allow the last brother to do Yibum for, the, for all the same principles we mentioned until now. And the reason it's a bigger Chiddush is because obviously in those cases, the rabbi would have to follow the entire puppet, right, family tree in order to determine when the last brother could do Yibum. And the Chiddush is that we don't make a Gezeira and say that the other brothers can't do, that, that the last brother can't do Yibum. The Gezeira would be that if we allow the last brother to do Yibum, then maybe somebody else along the line, because there's a lot more sort of steps, uh, will lose sight of these principles and will perform Yibum prematurely, because that's something we do not want to happen. In other words, we only let the last guy do Yibum. Well, in the later cases in the Mishnah, the last guy comes a little bit later, and so there's a chashash, there's a concern that somebody earlier won't realize that he's their last guy, and he'll do Yibum prematurely, and the answer is, even though there's a concern for that, we allow, nonetheless, once all the other brothers have done Chalitza, for the last one to do Yibum. So that leaves us in the last two words of the first wide line, on my kamash malan. Which is to say, why is the mission, what is the mission informing us? The, the point of this question is, the Mishnah isn't telling us anything new. We already know that in a state of suffix that you either give two women the get or two women the chalitza. So why is this Mishnah Yevamos really even adding anything? So the Gemara is saying, say for it's Jichalei, because meis v'loach echad chalitz l'shtehem. We need the seifa, which is, which is teaching us that again, if the person dies, if the guy who married the women, and by the way, obviously, as we mentioned yesterday, the reason for this case is not because we're concerned that this is such a common case that we need to know the halacha. Obviously, the point of these kinds of cases, and true, most of you vamos, is how to handle a state of suffolk, right? We're, per- we're setting up the perfect storm of where you have like a suffolk where the consequences are daraisa, right? So anyways, so he, he dies, right? Uh, childless, and he has these suffolk, uh, the Sovik wonder twin wives over here. So cholitz l'shtayim, chalitz l'shtayim. So that much we knew. Hayu l'shtayim echad cholitz v'echad miyabim. Right? And so then the Seifa is teaching you that if he had two surviving brothers, the first does chalitza, the second one does yibum, dafka michlats v'hadi yibume. And as we just explained, it's a necessary order, meaning it's bedafka that the first one does chalitza and the second one does yibum, not the other way around, says the Gemara. But yibume b'reisha lo, right? You don't want to do yibum in the first one, why? The kapaga be'achos zekukaso. Right? This is a bedieved. Meaning, bedieved, we're going to, as the Mishnah continues to say, bedieved, we're going to let them continue to live. But, paga be'achos zekukaso means the following, right? If he has two surviving brothers, and uh, uh, if you have two surviving brothers, then both of them have a zika, so to speak, to the actual yavama. But because of the state of suffolk, we don't know which one is the yavama. And therefore, there's a problem of an achos zekukaso. An achos zekukaso is different than achos ishto. And that's the real chiddush of our Mishnah, right? That an achos ishto, you can never marry, so long as your wife is alive, you can never marry her sister. Achos zekukaso, you could do yibum on, although, but it's, but it's something that we frown upon. That's the reason why we ask the first brother to do chalitza. But if you did, let's say, let's say you married achos ishto, 
you, Chazal would tell you, get, get, let's get a get. The Chazal is not going to let that marriage go through. But if you were miyabim achos kukaso, as our Mishnah indicates, if both uh, brothers did the yibum simultaneously, that's that's beferish in our Mishnah. It's explicit that you will allow that marriage to happen. But the point of the Mishnah, the chiddush, is that we allow the first one to do chalitza, and then allow the real chiddush is that we allow the second one to do yibum. And as the Gemara points out. The other way around is still frowned upon, even though Bidyevid will allow it to, to, um, to sustain, allow the marriage to continue, but it is still frowned upon because that's what, that's called Pagab Achos Kukaso. You could potentially damage the Achos Kukaso by doing that, and therefore we, uh, which is to say, you're not really supposed to, to do that, right? Again, if it was Achos Ishto, it would be a real problem, but Achos Kukaso, even though we allow it, uh, Bidyevid is not something that we want. So now, the next part of the Mishnah, two dots. So we say, Shnayim, right? Shekitshu Shteyachayos. What was the case? So again, these are two men, they're not brothers, right? But there's a suffix. So we say, each, each one has to give two to Gittin. One to each of the sisters. So it says, This we already said in the beginning of the Gemara. And it is a, an erroneous assumption. The assumption of the, of the Gemara here is that we think that the guy had a suffix at the first wedding. At the first wedding, there was a suffix as to which one of the brothers he was, he was marrying. No, that wedding would never work. We don't let you marry suffix. You got to know what you're getting, right? Leave, leave Yaakov Avinu out of it for now. But you got to know what you're getting when you're getting married in order for the wedding to actually work, okay? So therefore, the Gemara says, as it said earlier, this is not a case where he did not know who he was marrying at the time, but rather, says the Gemara, he knew he was marrying at the time, and it was only afterwards that the, the suffix became, which sister is. Okay. So now, daikanami, so now we say, this too is miduyuk, right? Because, right? Because it is actually explicit in our Mishnah, because we already said, right? that in the Mishnah that it says that he does not know, means that now he doesn't know, but it doesn't mean that he never knew who he married, then that is therefore sort of implied in our Mishnah that the case was that when he got married, he knew who he was marrying, and then afterwards he lost track of who he married, and now we're in a state of suffix. So then the Gemara asks, so then what is the Mishnah teaching us? As we just said, Mesu. Right, we, we need, in other words, each section of the Mishnah has to teach you something. Right, so what's going on in in the second clause? So the second, so the first one taught us pagabachos kukaso. What's this that that we want to do the chalitza first and then the yibum? What's this sefa teaching you? The following sefa tzrichalei because the following case meisu lozeh echad lozeh shnayim. Then the case where when the man died, you had two right. So, so again, we extended it to the case of two unrelated men that both right that married each of these two sisters. So now, instead of having one man married to the two sisters of Suffolk, each of the men have the Suffolk as to which of the sisters they married. And then one of the men has one brother that survives, right? The, both of these men that married the Suffolk sisters died. And one of them had two brothers, one of them one. So what's the case? The one who has one brother surviving does Chalitza on both of them. And that makes sense. Right, because that's the regular case that we said. And the one man who's unrelated 
to right his brother-in-law, other than the fact that they married sisters, um, that man has two surviving brothers, and in that case, the first is doing chalitza, and the second one is doing yibum. Now, mind you, <laughs> all we did here was take our Mishnah, and, and remember, the Mishnah said if, you, if there's one surviving brother, in other words, if one man married two sisters and there's one surviving brother, then that surviving brother is chalitza on both. And if there's two surviving brothers, then the first brother does chalitza, the second brother does yibum. This we've already explained in the Mishnah. Now we're just superimposing the two cases, and we're taking the first case and saying that he married one sister, taking the second case, married he married the second sister, and nothing really changed. Right? The halacha is exactly the same. We're using the same principles. If you have one brother, he does chalitza on both. If you have two, then the first does chalitza and the second does yibum. So it says the Gemara, pshita, high new ratio. All we're doing is like cutting and pasting the halacha of the ratio of the Mishnah and then just putting them together. So it says the Gemara, ma'u detem aligzor treatuchad, you might have thought that we're going to make a gazera. That maybe in this, if you have the second guy, right, who has two surviving brothers, Maybe neither of them should be able to do yibum because maybe we think that this case, and this is going to be the answer for all of these. In other words, the Mishnah says, the problem, why do we take this superimposed, right, crazier case? Well, because it's a crazier case and it's a confusinger case. So by virtue of being more confusing, maybe the one man with his single surviving brother is going to think that he could also do yibum. Again, anytime we take this chiddush and allow that last guy, that last brother to do yibum, we are, we can be, right, progressively more concerned that somebody else is going to get the wrong idea and do yibum erroneously. So that's the case. You might have thought that because the one with the two surviving brothers, the second surviving brother could do yibum, therefore maybe the one with the one surviving brother could also do yibum, kamash malan. No. Let's keep it straight. The second, in other words, and the kamash malan is what, if we thought, if we had the chash, what would the lacha be? The lacha would be that we wouldn't let the second brother of the guy with the two surviving brothers do yibum. In other words, that would be the recourse. The whole recourse would be, if we think there's going to be any confusion, then we're just not going to allow any yibum. Because chalitza is always going to work. So, but the chiddush is, Rabbi Rose really knows his stuff. So he knows to say that the second guy could still do yibum. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that it can be very confusing, right? Because once you let one guy do yibum, maybe somebody else is going to jump the gun. And the more confusing the case gets, the more likely it is that we're going to run into the trouble. Fine. So the Gemara says, and as it said before, that just keep in mind, of course, first you have to do the chalitza and then the yibum, but you don't do the yibum first. And there the Gemara says, the kapaga biyavama b'shuk. Right? In that second case, the issue is not an achos kukaso, because don't forget, it's not his, it's not his brother's sister. Right? In other words, it's not his brother's wife's sister. That's not an achos kukaso. He didn't fall to him. This is two unrelated men who married each one of the Suffolk sisters. There it's an issue of a Yavam Lashuk. Yavam Lashuk is a different Isser, which is that once a woman it falls as a Yavama, Mind you, we don't know which of these women, that's the whole point of the Mishnah, we have a suffix, we don't know which woman is, a, is fall to Yib, fell to Yibum. But when a woman falls to Yibum, Andrew, she can't just go and pick up a guy in a shuk and get married to anybody she wants. She doesn't go to Karen Traub and, and submit her resume. She has to first have her Yibum status taken care of, right? Um, and then, and only then, can she get married? So once she gets chalitza, certainly the Zika is removed. But you can't just go and do Yibum. That would be a... a you can't just do yibum to the wrong lady because you might because um, you might end up um, violating this iser of yivam because you're going to 
make the if you get the wrong lady and you do even on the wrong lady, the other lady who's a Yavama is going to end up. You're going to think getting released, and we're not going to allow that to happen. Fine. So now fourth line up from the bottom of Chavkim and Beis, then we will get the Chavdalat Andrew. Don't give me that look. That was a crazy case where each of the deceased men had two surviving brothers. In that case, the fascinating halacha is that one brother does chalitza. So, so now each, each one had two surviving brothers. Again, the two men are not related. They're related only in the sense that they each married each one of the, each one of them married one of these double mint twins, right? One of these uh, wonder twins. And therefore that's how they're related. They're related through the sister, right? Uh, but the men themselves, prior to that, were not related to each other. But they each have two surviving brothers. So each surviving brother from each man first does chalitza on one of the sisters, and then the then the surviving other brother from the other man does yibum on that woman. That is, if you follow through the permutations, that's the best way to avoid all suffix. So the Gemara asks, the truth of the matter is, we don't really learn anything new other than mental gymnastics from this. The principles are exactly the same. So the Gemara, Sulamali, what's the, why is this extra, right, shtickle in the Mishnah necessary? Is it merely for mental gymnastics? Hainu hach. After all, the halachas are all exactly the same. All you got to do is carry it through. So says the Gemara, No. In other words, you may have thought, again, that the Gezerah would be that the last guy, even in such a convoluted, crazy case, would not be allowed to do Yibum, and thus you would make a gazera that nobody could do Yibum. You know what? This is so confusing that everybody just do Chalitza. I don't want to have any problems. Kamash Malan, even in that weird case, the last guy, we're going to let him do Yibum. That's the issue. So now the Gemara asks, Second to last line, why is our case where the two men who marry these Suffolk sisters are unrelated different than the Mishnah and Chavav? What was the Mishnah and Chavav? The bros was four bros, right? Reuben, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. And as we know, Arba Achin, right? This is the mission of Chavav, we'll learn soon enough. And they married, right? Rachel and Leah. Reuben and Shimon died childless. And we already said in that Mishnah, that in that case, in that Mishnah, right? Both Rachel and Leah only get Chalitza. We're not going to let Yehuda do Yibum. Ah, well, that seems different than our Mishnah. In our Mishnah, we let Levi, we say, hey, guess what? Levi do chalitza, and then once Levi does chalitza, Yehuda do yibum. In fact, we just finished saying that that was the point of our Mishnah, that the Chiddush of our Mishnah is that once the first brother does chalitza, the second one could do yibum. So why do we not say that in the case of two, brother, of two brothers, uh, women that fall to two brothers to yibum? Right? Again, in, the, in our case, we had two unrelated men marry two sisters. In the case in Chavav, you have two brothers married two sisters. So why is it in the case of two brothers marrying two sisters that nobody could do Yibim when we say just do Chalitza? So the Gemara, Hachi Hashta, really? You, you think that the cases are similar? Absolutely not. As we finally arrive at Chavdal and Amadal, before 6 a.m., mind you, uh, 559, Hasam, in that case in the Mishnah, we already discussed that Mishnah. In that Mishnah, we said that there was a real problem with anybody doing Yibum because either there's a Zika on both of them or Yermevatel Mitzvah Yivamim. Which is to say, <laughs> let's just finish the thought here. What does it mean? As follows. I'll say it outside. It, well, first I'll translate the words. But here, however, every one of the brothers, every one of the men, rather, right, each one of them could say that they 
the, the, they happen to have married the Zkuka, which is to say it was a, say, a state of Suffolk. Okay, so what's happening in the state of Suffolk? What's the difference? The difference is very simple. I'll oversimplify it. In the case of brothers, they're all brothers. Once you have brothers, then every brother in Chafav has a obligation. So I'll say it even simpler. You have two unrelated men, right? And they're, and they're brothers doing Yibum, but they're unrelated. So each brother, this is what it means, it says, Kol chad chad So each one of the surviving brothers from each of these unrelated families could say in that suffix, well, maybe, maybe I'm doing Yibum on the right woman, maybe I'm not. In other words, none of them, by definition, have a Yibum obligation. It is not like, it's not, um, it's not uh, definitionally true that both sides of, the, of that family have a Yibum obligation. So that is a real state of Suffolk. Once you have a real state of Suffolk, there's no Zika. There's no real Yibum Zika. It's just a Suffolk. So now you're just going to the rabbi. You're saying, how do we resolve this conundrum? So the rabbi will say, well, okay, you do Chalitza and we'll get you out of it. In the, state, in the case of the four brothers that we have later in Chafav, <laughs> you have brothers so guess what? Two women fell to Yibam, two surviving brothers remain. Both brothers, both Levi and Yehuda, by definition have a Chiyiv Yibam, right? They both have a Zikas Yibam. So you can't say in those cases, so then you can't mess around. You can't say, oh, you know what? Let the second brother do Yibam because anyways, if she's the right one, then she's the right one. If she's not, no, they both have a Chiyiv Yibam. And therefore, in that case, whether you're concerned, as we already mentioned later, earlier, and we will mention again later, the concern, whether your concern is that there's a Zikas Yibam for real or that, or, or right, that you're going to be Mbatel Mitzvah Yavmim, the concern is real because both brothers perforce, by definition, have a Chiyiv. And therefore, for sure, you're not going to mess around and you're going to have to do chalitza because once you do yibum, you might be, end up being mevat of the mitzvah. But when it's a real suffix, so then it's just a, then it's just a question of policy. What's the best way to handle it? And we are able to relax it, uh, once we already had chalitza on the first one, because by the time you've done that, then yibum on the second one is not going to cause a problem. So those mishnayos are different and it's a way of highlighting the difference between a vadai yivama and a suffix yivama. The Vada Yavama, again, is going to be handled with Chalitza so that nothing gets, goes wrong in between, right? Again, we're not going to have you set up a ceremony in a wedding in a Yibum, uh, if we think that somebody's going to disappear along the way, right? We just want to make sure to get, efficiency is the king, right? We want to make sure that it gets taken care of quickly. As opposed to, if it's a suffix, so then we, and, and one of the brother, one of the women in the suffix has already been resolved, we're going to be more lenient, fine. Finally, the, the Mishnah concluded, saying, that once they did marry, but the Eved, right, if they both did Yibum, we're not going to take them out. So the Gemara, Tani Shila, Shila taught in a Brisa, Vafilu Shnehim Kohanim, an additional Chiddush, that even if um, both brothers in the second pair are Kohanim, we're not going to force them to, to, to divorce, right? Even though one of them, right, they, so to speak, married a Chalutza. Right, one of them by definition was a chalutza in the second case, and therefore, in that second case, why are we allowing them to marry a chalutza? Says the Gemara, my time, why are we allowing that? Chalutza darabonani. Because the chalutza is darabonan. Right, if chalutza was daraisa, then we wouldn't allow a coin to marry a chalutza. But chalutza, the fact that a coin cannot marry a chalutza, right, a coin can't marry a grusha. Let's put that out there. But the fact that he, that's midoraisa. But the fact that he can't marry a chalutza, 
right, is a derabanan. And this isn't the real chalutza, this is a safek chalutza. And when you make a gazera, when the chazal made that gazera, they did not include the safek chalutza in said gazera. Then the Gemara asks, Nonplussed v'chalutza derabanani. Is that true? The chalutza is a derabanan. V'atanya grusha. The pasuk says that a kohen can't marry grusha. Uh, you ever hear this one? Um, azulai. Most azulais are koranim because azulai is the acronym isha zona v'chalala lo yikachu zona v'grusha zona v'chalala lo yikachu azulai. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, we said so the pasuk says grusha, right? Isha zona v'chalala lo yikachu v'isha grusha v'isha lo yikachu. Anyway, um, point is, the Pasuk says Grusha. So, Chalitza Minayin. So, we have a, right, a Brisa that learns out Talmud Lomar Ve'isha, right? Because as the Pasuk said, as we just quoted, that the first one says Isha, and then it says Ve'isha Grusha Misha. Why do you have the second Isha? It says the Brisa, Talmud Lomar Ve'isha. In other words, that, that teaches you the Chalitza is in fact the Arisa. So the Gemara says, yeah, that's not where we learned that a chalutza can't marry a kohen. That's just the asmachta, as the Gemara says, midir that really the idea that a chalutza can't marry a kohen is a midir across machta be'almahu. And that pasuk that we just quoted is really just an asmachta, it's not the source, and therefore it is a midir and once it's a midir we can allow even a kohen, as Sheila said, that big chiddish, that even a kohen can do yibum on the chalutza. Amazing. Next, Mishnah. Mitzvah begadol liyabim bim katan hakatan zacha. That, who does yibum? Which one of the brothers? Do you draw straws? Do you, right, flip a coin? So, sounds like the mitzvah is in the gadol. You think? You read the Pasuk. And the Pasuk of yibum says, Wow. It says Bechor, Andrew. Well, it certainly sounds like only, maybe only the Bechor should do Yibam. Says the Gemara, Tan Rabbanon. Vaya Bechor. The Pasuk says that it's a Bechor. So now we're going to learn, um, right, different limudim from this, from the word of the, the words of these Pasuk. So, Mikan Shemitzvah Begadol Yibam. You see that the mitzvah is on the Gadol. It's interesting, right? The Gemara says Bechor is the Gadol, as we will see, right? If Ruvain dies, is Shimon the Bechor? Well, not really. Only Reuben was the Bechor. But Shimon is the Gadol. So in a certain sense, he's the Bechor now. So we, we shall see how that applies. Next part of the Pasuk, Asher Teleid, was that? Teach you, Pratla Island is Shane, you let it. Right? Obviously, you only do Yibum on a woman who could bear a child, not on a, on a sterile woman. Yakum al Shem Achiv. What does Yakum al Shem Achiv mean? Says the Gemarla Nachla. That means a, that Yibum has its privileges, has perks. A guy. Uh, by the way, if Shimon dies, let's say Ruvain could do Yibum, he gets Shimon's Nachla. By the way, if Ruvain, who's the Bechor, dies, Shimon gets his Nachla. And Andrew, if you do the math, he's getting Pishnaim, because that's the Bechor. That means you've tripled your, your earnings. That's, uh, that, that's irresistible. Anyways, so the Chiddush is you get, you also get the Nachla, right, the inheritance of that brother. So now, says the Gemara, Ata Omer la Nachla, Shame. Wait a minute. The Pasuk never said Nachla. Look at the Pasuk again. Yakum al shem achiv hames that you should right uh, you should perpetuate the name of your brother. It says nothing about an inheritance, so maybe it means as the Gemara says Yosef karnas or Yosef Yochanan karnas or Yochanan. Maybe all the the, the pasuk is trying to tell you is if Ruvain dies and Shimon marries his widow, right? He dies childless. He should name and the child's name shall be Ruvain Junior or Ruvain. And that's what the Gemara, that's what the actual Pasuk is trying to teach you. That's all it says. It doesn't say anything about Nachla. It only says about names. So the Gemara says no. Name or Kanya, Kumal Shem Achiv. 
uh, in our pasuk it says that you should write perpetuate the name. The name of the Holland Al Shem Achem Ikrub Nachlasam, and elsewhere it appears in a context of a Nachla the Shem Achem. Don't worry, there is a parak called Yesh Nochlin. Don't worry, Tzvi Tapper. Um, in Yavama, so we'll get to the Nachla issue. But be that as it may, this is the Gazera Shava. Says the Gemara, Ma Shem Ha'amor L'Halal Nachla Af Shem Armakan Nachla. The word Shem appears in both. We have a Gazera Shava and to teach us that when it says that Yakum Hashem Achiv, it means that you get the Nachla. Okay. Uh, just continuing the uh, pasuk, V'loi Macheshemo. When it says you won't blot out his name, it's part Lasaris Shishma Machoi. Obviously, if you are if uh, the man is himself sterile, then he's his name is already. Or I would imagine that uh, right since he can't father a child, he doesn't do yibum. Fine. So now let's let's go. All of a sudden, we're going to learn a fundamental principle of hermeneutics, which is to say that everywhere else in the Torah, you have to ain mikra Rashi, a fascinating idea, and Rashi should know because he's the Pashtun par excellence. Says Rashi, uh, Obviously, you're always going to have a drasha, right? You're always going to uh, understand something out of the pasuk that's more than the pasuk shot of the words. However, right? But you're never going to take it out of the actual pasuk shot. You're not going to say, "Well, the pasuk says one thing, but it means something totally else." You're going to stick with that pasuk shot as well. So here, you really took it out of the pshat, is the point, right? It says to perpetuate his name, and it means that you get to keep the nachla. Mayin and Shmi, right? I was, I, I told you this all the time, when the Larome was still the Larome, in 1985, I was watching Telly Savalas of Kojak, because that's when it got to Israel. It was, in those days, TV was 10 years behind. And Kojak says, hey, Hawkeye, what's the, what does that have to do with the price of rice in China? And the subtitle said, Hawkeye, Mayin and Shmi, Tzil Har Sinai which I thought was amazing, only in Israel. So what does Nachla have to do with shame? Okay, so we have a Gezer Shava, but without the Gezer Shava, we would never think that that's what it means. So says the Gemara, this is the principle of Rava, even though, yeah, even though typically um, you can't ever do this, you can't say that shame means Nachla, but here you have the Gezer Shava, and when you have a Gezer Shava, that gives you the right to take it out of the pshat completely because the Gezer Shava itself is teaching you what the Pasuk means. So the Gemara now is going to say, is the Gezer Shava really necessary? Maybe we could have extrapolated that it means Nachla on our own. Let's try it. doesn't work, but let's try it. shame, shame, mamish. Is that what we would have thought? That if it, without the Gezer Shava, we would have thought that you have to name your son Ruvain Jr.? Laman Kimizahir Rahmana. Who is this Pasuk talking to? Now we're going to get into the syntax here. Layava? We're talking to the Yavam, right? Okay. We say, Shimon, name your son Ruvain. Okay. So it says, Yaakov al-Shem Achichem If that were the case, then the Pasuk would have used not Achiv, it would have said Achicha, because that's who we're addressing. So, Ilaveidina, maybe we're talking about the Bezdin. The Bezdin is presiding over this whole Yibam ceremony here, and they're getting involved, right? You go to the rabbi, and he's the one that's the Mesadir Yivumim, and then he's saying, maybe he's the one that should say it. So, Yaakam HaShem Achiyavim Baile. Yeah, but then if that's who the Torah is addressing, then the syntax would have been different in that sense. It would, we would be able to tell, are we talking to the Yavam or to the Bezdin? So, it says the Gemara, Maybe the, the Torah is telling the Bezdin to tell the Yavam. Maybe they're saying, No, Bezdin, you tell the Yavam, Yaakam HaShem Achiv. Is that what, so then the Gemara is saying, no, then it would be Yaakam HaShem Achiv. Um, uh, well, it says, Yaakum Hashem Achiv. We said, maybe that's what it means. Maybe. 
that could be what it meant, and then that would actually fit with the words. So yeah, so then it is in fact possible to interpret the Pasuk literally. So because of that possibility, that we could have interpreted literally to mean that it means shame, right? The, 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 the snag here was, could we possibly say that it means shame? Because if it means shame, who is the Pasuk talking to? We figure it out. There is a scenario that means shame. Once you know that there is a scenario where it could mean shame, now you do need the Gzair Shava to take it out. In other words, we were asking, is, do, would we have actually learned that, you, that Shimon has the name of son Ruvain? The answer is yes. We could have figured out a way that maybe that's what it exactly means. And therefore, we need the Gzair Shava, says the Gemara Lassai, Gzair Shava. And therefore, we need the Gazer Shav in order to take it out of the context entirely and mean that it doesn't mean name him after your deceased brother, but rather it means you get the Nachla. Good. Fine. Getting back to the issue of Bechor. Who's doing this Yibum? Yeah, let's, let's go Pashat Pshad here. Remember, the Pasuk says, Only the Bechor comes. Maybe only the case where you have a surviving Bechor do you do Yibum. Only, let's say, if Shimon dies. Maybe if Ruvain dies, if the Bechor dies, there is going to be no Yibum. You could see how that, the Pasuk is saying that. Says the Gemara. Going back to this guy. What if, what if Levi was born after all of this happened? So we already learned that Levi does not do Yibum. That is a violation, so to speak, of and that such a child never does Yibum. Well, guess what? If only the Bechor does Yibum, then we would never have the Right, Hava Amina, that this person would do Yibum. Because after all, by definition, he's not the Bechor, Andrew. He was born, um, he was a Johnny come lately, as it were. So, so therefore, it must be that the other brothers do Yibum also. So, Parach Ravacha, Ravacha says, I don't like that answer. He says, Yeah, what if only the Bechor is eligible, but guess what? This is the Bechor from the mom. And therefore, a Bechor from a mom is also eligible. In other words, maybe we could say only Bechors are eligible, but we don't care whether it's from the father or from the mother. And by the way, if the Bechor is the Bechor from the mom, dad, right, is uh, getting married, right? This is his fifth marriage. He's 70 years old. He just married a 25-year-old girl, and now she, she had a boy, but for her, it's her Bechor. So maybe that uh, individual is, in fact, eligible for Yibum. Says the Gemara, Yeah, that can't be. We can't be talking about Bechoras from mothers because after all, Yibum is a paternal thing, right? A paternal brother thing. And it is totally benachla. Benachla aim. And as we discussed before, that that is only something that we talk about from the father, but not from the mother. And therefore, it can't be Havamina. The Bechor means the maternal Bechor. We have to be talking about paternal brothers. Okay, so fine. So we have this idea of Aishas, of, of, of the Johnny come lately brother, can't be participating in the Yibum. But maybe the whole concept of Yibum, albeit applicable to any of the brothers, maybe it only applies when a Bechor is still alive, right? You need to have a Bechor to be alive. So Amakra, Umesachadmam. No, the Pasak implies otherwise. One of them dies, it doesn't say which one. Miloskin and the Mes Bakhar. Right? We don't know who died. It doesn't have to be the Bakhar. And still the the Torah said that the younger one could do right uh Yibum. So therefore Yibum would apply even without a living Bakhar. Ava the Mes Katan, what do you mean? Maybe that's not what the Pasuk meant at all. Maybe the Pasuk meant Shimon died. Yeah, the case is where the younger brother died. 
And it's the only in the case where the older brother still survives, albeit not necessarily the natural order of things, but it certainly could happen. The younger brother could predecease an older one. And therefore, that's the only case, perhaps, where there's Yibam. Says the Gemara, Again, the situation is always going to teach you that it can't possibly be that only the, when the Bechor is alive it, are we going to be doing, right, that only the Bechor is going to be doing the um, Yibum even though the Pasuk may have sounded like that. So says the Gemara, So maybe it's teaching you something else. Again, the word Bechor is here, so it must be teaching you something. So maybe it's teaching you that when they're in the absence of Bechor, so then anyone can marry this woman. If the Katan comes and he preempts the Bechor, he can get her. But but in the presence of Bechor, in other words, one of the privileges of being Bechor is you get Pishnaim. Here's another privilege. If one of the other brothers dies, he gets first right of refusal on the Yibum. Because don't forget, he's going to inherit the Nachla. So that makes sense, actually. That's kind of consistent with what we learn in the Torah. The Bechor calls the shots, right? So maybe that's what the Torah is teaching you by bringing in this issue of Bechor with Yibum. So I'm a Krok, No. The Pasuk says, and that means no inequality. Everyone, all brothers' lives matter. All the brothers are equ- have equal stake in this Yibum mitzvah, and therefore it is not determined based on Bechor status. So the Gemara says, We're persisting. Why are we persisting, guys? Because the Pasuk says Bechor. has to mean something. So maybe it means that when there is a Bechor, so then you have to go back to the oldest one. This is a case where none of the brothers are interested in doing Yibum with this woman. And so therefore, maybe it's the other thing. It's saying that if none of the brothers are interested, well, guess what? It's going to be the oldest brother's responsibility, ultimately, if nobody wants to do it. But in the absence of a Bechor, right, so then we don't force anyone to do it. So he said, Alama Tani Abayi Kashisha Mitzvah well, if that was the case, why did old man Abaye say that it's a mitzvah for the oldest surviving brother to do the Yibum? And then, if lo ratza, hochem etzel achiv katan, then we go in age order, right? This is kind of how we remember it from grade school, right? That if there's, if the woman falls to Yibum, go to the oldest brother first, kind of do it in age order, but then if you go down the line and nobody's interested in the Yibum, then, in other words, Abaye said, guess what? Start with the oldest, let's see who, which one, and, and the oldest brother is willing to do Yibum, that's who gets to do it. But if you go down the line and nobody's interested, then guess what? Somebody's got to do it, so the responsibility will fall on the oldest brother. Why would Abaye say that if that's not what the Pasuk means? <laughs> What, where did the Baye get this halacha if that's not what the Pasuk is trying to teach you? Says the Gemara, yeah, that, that might be. Because guess what? Kibachor. Well, first of all, the reason why we're not saying that is because it has to be Bechor. Ma Bechor, Bechor Asa Garmelo, Afgadol, Gedulasa Garmelo. That in this context, right, that just like a Bechor gets responsibilities, so, so to the oldest brother, with great privilege comes great responsibility. And therefore, if you're the oldest brother, even if you're not technically the biblical Bechor, you have the responsibility of doing the Yibam. So the Gemara, Maybe if the Bechor, maybe what the Pasuk is teaching you by telling you the Bechor, 
Now we're getting desperate. We're saying, you know, after all, it's a kama shame, as we've already discussed. It's talking about you get the pishna, you get the nachla of that brother. So maybe that would only apply in the case of Bukhar. We're coming off this idea of who has the obligation of Yibum. And now we're saying maybe who gets the privileges of Yibum. Maybe only the Bukhar gets the privileges of Yibum. And that's why Bukhar is singled out in the Pasuk. Says the Gemara, right? The Pasuk is saying that anybody, right? Anybody who comes and actually steps forward to do this, Yibum is going to get the privileges. So it can't be that only the Bukhar get the privileges. So we don't know what Bukhar means. And so finally, the Gemara finally says, well, the Bukhar, the Kaya So what did the Mishnah, what did the Pasuk mean when it said Bukhar? Says the Gemara, as we finally turn to Chavdal and Bez, you see it on the other side. What is to teach you? No great shakes as far as privileges, only minimizing the Bukhar. The Bukhar is mentioned in the Torah by Yibam to teach you what? Well, as we will see, uh, we'll have it in Yesh Nochlin. We've seen it in Torah. We know that a Bechor, when he takes the double, right? The Bechor gets a double portion. But guess what? Not in prospective assets. Only in assets that are already liquidatable, right? Already right in there. Similarly, um, it is true that Mayabim um, gets the privileges of the Nachla of the brother, right? So in addition to his own Nachla, he inherits the Nachla of his brother, uh, who he filled in for, but not prospectives, right? He doesn't get the futures, he only gets the current assets. Fine. So we're up to the Mishnah on Chavdal and Beis. We have a few minutes, so let's go into cases where, we already mentioned in our Mishnah cases where we don't say that the women has to go out of Right, once they married the Chalutza and the Yibam, and if they were both Miyabim, they could keep their wives. Here, we're going to have cases where you cannot, and some cases where you can and cannot, as follows. Hanitan al Shifcha. Okay? Nitan means that you're the subject of rumors. Somebody said, Yankel was with the Shifcha, Benishtachara. So, guess what? <laughs> they, set, they set the Shifcha free. Uh, coincidence? Well, nobody in town thinks it's a coincidence. That's all the hawk. They think that it happened, right, because he wants to marry her now. Or whether he was with a shifcha, or it's rumored that he was with a shiksa. Beniz Gaira, and the Ovedes Kachavim is Megayer. Uh, coincidence that she was Megayer, and now they're getting married? Nobody in town thinks so. This is Hawk. This is Rumorville. Guess what? We don't want to fan the flames. Don't marry her. Find somebody else. Plenty of fish in the sea. Why? Because as we'll see in the Gemara, by marrying her, all you're doing is giving credence to those rumors. We do not want to do that. However, Yeah, but they didn't do anything halakhically wrong, right? Uh, uh, a shiksa converts, right? Trump. And, they, and then he marries her. Every, you know, the rabbi converted her. He married her. So we're good. We're good to go. I mean, you can't say that he has to divorce her. Okay, Andrew's, I finally got him to laugh. It took like two and a half years. So, Hanitan al Ish, that was my goal. I can, I can go home now. We could have now. No, give us two minutes. Hanitan al Ish, however, in a real serious case, right, where there is rumors in town that, the, that he was with an Ashes Ish. Uh-oh. And then, the, mind you, when you have a case of an Ashes Ish, everybody has to... Everybody has to separate now, right? The Ashish Ish's husband has to, uh, the, he's going to get a knock on the door. The rabbi's going to say, you have to leave now because we have rumors that she, that she cohabited with another guy. 
So everybody has to stop living with each other here because that is an Isodar Raisa. So then, So in that case, if he marries the woman that he was rumored to have cohabited with, Yotzi, there we're going to, right, we're going to have to dissolve that marriage, says the Mishnah. And so the Gemara, we have one more minute, is going to start discussing what is the difference between the two cases. We could say it outside. It's obvious. In the first case, so the shiks are converted, and everybody thought that you were kind of had your eye on her beforehand, and those rumors are only now corroborated by this marriage. But guess what? There's no halachic problem. In the case of an Ashish Ish, Rahman al certainly there is a halachic problem. And therefore, that marriage needs to be dissolved. Right? And so the Gemara is going to start with Gioris uh, Mia Havia, right? She, she's only, <laughs> the, the Gemara is going to say, wait a minute. Uh, and that's where we'll pick up tomorrow. We allow her still, right? We're going to let um, the, the wife, the, the converted shiksa, we're going to let her light Hanukkah candles and Shabbos candles. In other words, the Gemara is going to start tomorrow with the conundrum of, we say that the conversion is good. Well, guess what? If we say that the conversion was disingenuous, so why are we allowing the conversion, right? <laughs> Which is it? If it's disingenuous, so then we shouldn't allow her to be a Jew-ess. And if it's sincere, so then we shouldn't, uh, we should allow them to get married even l'chadchila. This conundrum is where we will pick up Ezrat Hashem tomorrow. Merk to you.